Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Lena Nebel. Lena, are you ready to do this? I am. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Lena is a CFP. She is an MSFS. She's the Director of Financial Planning at BFG Financial Advisors. I'm excited to have you on. Lena, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Um, thanks again for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this. Um, you know, when I when I think about why I gravitated towards this this field, it, it always you know brings me back to my childhood. Um, growing up, I was always putting on entertainment shows for my family, where I would charge admissions or, nice. or putting on a lemonade stand, or I'd pretend to be their waitress so I could give them a bill. <laughs> so <laughs> you could say that I had an entrepreneurial spirit at a young age. Um, but I was always trying to make money for some type of goal, some type of purchase, whether it was a bike or ice skates or clothes. Um, as I got older, you know, I saw my parents struggle financially and, and realized how they had a late start and, and never really planned for their future. So. When I officially started, I was actually in college and um, found the passion and excitement for the investment world that eventually spilled over into financial planning. And, you know, not trying to date myself, but when I started, financial advisors were called stockbrokers, and, mm. and we would cold call through the, the big, thick book of the yellow pages. Um, I quickly realized, you know, that that wasn't what I wanted to do with my life and, and found a financial planning firm that looked at the big picture. And, and that's really what I fell in love with. Um, Along the way, getting my various licenses and, and designations, I met my husband. We started a family. We have three children, um, a 13-year-old, 9-year-old, and 5-year-old, and, of course, our dog. Uh, so naturally, my, my perspective and experience has changed over the, the past 20-plus years I've been at this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the type of person where I like doing the same things day in and day out. So meeting with various clients you know, it allows for different stories, different perspectives, different strategies. And so, of course, in today's world, everything is always changing. So you have to stay sharp, you have to stay on top of it. And, you know, I can honestly say that I love what I do. I honestly can't imagine doing anything different. Nice. Well, I think that's awesome. So three kids and a dog and, and loving work. Life is a life. Life is a beautiful thing. It is. It truly is. <laughs> I think that's great. So you, you you mentioned that your parents never really did any planning, and I think that that's just way too many uh, of us, right? That 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 for whatever reason we just don't get around to doing that. Do you have a sense of why that is? Well, I I think it's that people don't want to think about their future. You know, they don't want to kind of put the time into looking at those long-term, the long-term planning. And for some people, it can be very scary. Some people think, well, uh, I, that's, you know, that's 20 years away. Why do I need to worry about that now? I need to focus on, you know, kind of the, the next day. Um, so I think it's hard for people to really to, to think about what that future is. Um, you know, kind of coming back to my parents, I, I remember when my grandmother passed away, um, and my dad inherited, you know, a couple dollars. And to them, it, it was a substantial inheritance because we really didn't have anything. Um, and if I was older at that time, I would have been able to guide them in a much better way than how their former advisor had guided them in making those decisions. Um, and, you know, some people wait until... Um, there is a life event, whether it's retirement or there's an inheritance or there's a, a big purchase. That's when they'll decide to do some of that planning. And so I think people 
they just tend to, to wait too long because, you know, they're, they're more focused on the day-to-day, which, which makes a lot of sense, especially in today's world. They're, you know, trying to make ends meet. How do I pay this bill versus that bill? Thinking about education funding and retirement funding, it's, it's too far off in the distance. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you start rattling off all the stuff that we're supposed to be thinking about. Education funding, you know, uh, retirement planning, worrying about what's going on with the stock market and the economy. Uh, I, I can't blame people for just sort of shutting off because it's it's too chaotic. And so oftentimes it, 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 it does come to that sort of a life event where I got married, okay, I had a, I had a kid, uh, somebody passed away, maybe it is time to really co- sort of sink my teeth in, 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 into this. And obviously, obviously everybody is, is unique. So with, with, with the clients that, that you're working with, what are some of the biggest challenges that, that they're facing? Um, you know, I tend to work with a lot of corporate executives and engineers um, so, you know, anytime I say I work with engineers, you, know, you kind of get that initial reaction. And I always tell people I, I have a lot of patience and <laughs> working with, with that type of personality. Um, but, you know, I love helping people understand the details of what they have, why they're doing certain strategies and making them feel confident and, of course, comfortable through the process. Um, with corporate executives, you know, there's a lot of options with uh, or decisions regarding stock option planning and, and pension decisions. So the, the types of clients that I'm working with, you know, they're, they're kind of faced with um, certain decisions that can be irrevocable and that that have a, a ripple effect down the road and so that's really where I spend a lot of time with clients and you know trying to help them visualize what um, uh, the future looks like for them and and talking about um, decisions regarding you know beneficiary planning cash flow needs tax consequences survivor goals all of those things that could be centered around do I choose this pension option or this pension option? It's, it's not that simple. Um, so, you know, with the clients that I'm, I'm working with, you know, we really try to focus on that, that big picture, 30,000 foot view, and then really start getting into the weeds and kind of working backwards, um, working backwards that way. And that's really where I think we provide, and when I say we, I mean just financial advisors in general, I think we can provide a lot of value for clients in that we can help them think about the things that they're not thinking about. Let them focus on the day-to-day. Let us guide them into asking the right questions and, and making the right decisions um, and trying to remove, you know, some of the behavioral biases that, that they may be uh, confronted with. You know, kind of take some of that emotion out when making certain decisions because money is a very emotional topic. Um, so I think when we kind of remove some of those barriers, we can really help clients focus on, on making the right decision, um, for them and their family for both the short term and the long term. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate all that. Um, as, as you're talking, I think that if we were to, uh, put a cartoon character together of an engineer, it would be somebody who's very analytical, very numbers <laughs> right. fact driven. Right. So, right. so how, how do you balance the left brain, right brain with folks like that? That's great. It's, um, you know, it takes time, quite honestly, um, with engineers, you know, there's a lot of spreadsheets <laughs> that are involved um, from their side, you know, um, it's a lot of the, the personality of, I know what I'm doing, I've done this my whole life, you know, kind of, how can you help me? And so um, with engineers, with, with that type of personality, it, quite honestly, it comes down to trust. 
um, it comes down to showing what your value is, um, what you can bring to the table, your various areas of expertise, and showing them that maybe uh, you know they may know what's coming in and out of their household to the penny on uh, on what they're spending. <laughs> they may not know what the impact is of inflation and taxes and all the new rules that are coming out. I mean, even in the past six months, we have the CARES Act and the SECURE Act, and there's just, just a wealth of information that's out there that we get bombarded with as consumers, and it can be overwhelming. And I think um, a lot of individuals, not just the engineers, um, are, are facing that. They're seeing that they can't know it all. They can't do it all, especially with everything um, that is out there. And, and, and like I said before, you know, kind of starting in this industry, being a stock, you know, you're a stockbroker, people weren't using the terminology of financial planning. And in 20 years, I'm sure it'll be some new type of tech, you know, new term that we're using. Um, but people are now starting to think about, I do need to review my beneficiaries. I do need to revisit my do I have enough life insurance in place? Um, so with, you know, those types of personalities, it, it quite honestly, it comes down to, uh, to trust and it takes time to, to build that trust. Yeah. And that, that definitely makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a fact that a vast majority of the decisions we make about finances are based on emotion. And I imagine engineers probably, get closer to um, get closer to fact-based decision-making than do uh, me, for example. <laughs> but we all have biases. We, we, we can all benefit from a sec- second set of eyes. There's a reason that, that consulting is a business because oftentimes we're just way too close to th- something like our personal finances. And there's no way that we're, we're, we're going to be able to keep up with all these industry trends and with all the different aspects of our financial world. So, yeah, when you do find somebody that you like and, and that you trust, that's when you have a really, really positive relationship. So so I definitely appreciate that. Um, in terms of you talked about how, how these these folks, a lot of them know their numbers down to down to a penny. Do you think that that. If you when 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 you're working with your non-engineers, do you think that 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 more people would probably benefit from knowing that kind of knowing knowing their facts like that? Not down to that level. Yeah. Uh, I get that question a lot when working with clients. You know, um, especially new clients, they'll say in almost a fearful look, "Are you going to force me to make a budget?" <laughs> and I always tell them no. You know, we'll we'll have a conversation of you know what's coming in and what's coming out, but. I'm not going to be the one to tell you you're spending too much on entertainment and not enough in this category. Um, That's where they have to kind of own some of that responsibility. But I will say if we don't have enough saved for a certain goal, whatever that goal may be, then we have to find a way to cut some costs. And and where can we we cut the cost in a way that's not painful? Um, you know, I always try to make the recommendations that are the least painful first before we really have to push it. Um, so I think it's important for clients to pay attention to their bills, to understand what they're paying on. Even when you think about, I mean, I get my cell phone bill and there's all these charges on there that you have no idea what they are. This government tax, this Maryland fee, you know, all these little things that get tacked on. It's important to understand that. It's important to understand if, if you need that um, expense anymore and to see if there's something that you can do to to reduce it. Um, But 
for people who kind of micromanage the the expenses down to the penny, um, it prevents them from potentially seeing the bigger picture. And it also can present a lot of problems um, internally on uh, how they're dissecting their finances. And from a spousal standpoint, if you're married, um, it's rare when two couple, when, when two uh, individuals are both doing that. It's usually one spouse who's managing all of that and the other spouse is just kind of told this is kind of what you can spend in this area. And that can create a lot of conflict too on um, if both parties aren't involved in that process. So I, I've seen um, people just kind of uh, overstress, overworry about you know the dollars and cents um, versus just kind of looking at it again from, from that big picture. Um, but nobody enjoys putting together a budget. And anytime I, I tell somebody um, if that's an exercise that they want to go on for their own benefit, you know, there's a ton of resources that are out there to help you with that. And you definitely want to have a bottle of wine when you <laughs> go through that exercise. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I can speak from personal experience where, you know, my, my, my wife is, is who keeps our budget and it will occasionally cause tension because I do not like budgeting. Um, and so, and this is what I talk about all the time. So I have to imagine that there's a lot of people that, that fall into that camp of there's probably going to be some relationship stress um, if one person is really micromanaging and driving it and the other person is, is more laissez-faire about it. So I think that that's an important conversation to have. So, In terms of those right questions, and I, you know, I, I think you can potentially look at asking the right questions and asking the hard questions might 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 be similar if there's an, a need to cut costs we might have to have these discussions and 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 ask the questions about where you can cut back but just in general what what are some of those good questions that 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 you're asking your your engineer your your executive types that go above and beyond just you know the dollars and the cents mm-hmm. i you know i tend to ask more of the emotional questions instead of what's in your 401k, show me a pay stub, um, but rather tell me why you're here. You know, why, why are we sitting down together? Did, you know, something happen? What prompted you to make this decision? Um, when we talk about the income, I ask if they enjoy their job. Do they like doing what they're doing? Are they thinking about ever changing their career? Um, so really trying to have some more thought-provoking questions instead of, you know, a, a yes or no. Um, we talk about families. We talk about parents and grandparents and how they, they view money and kind of what legacy planning they want to do, if any. Is it important to leave anything that's been saved to future generations? Or do you want to bounce your last check? You know, kind of let's start thinking about what the next few years and even further look like for you. So um, engineers in uh, particular, they'll always want to come back to the numbers. They'll always want to come back to, you know, the statements, the spreadsheets. And I purposely don't look at those in the meetings. I, you know, I keep them there as a reference, Mm -hmm. but I focus more on uh, the non-number questions, kind of the the tell me more. Um, I also make it a point to incorporate that spouse, to incorporate the spouse into the conversation because a lot of times 
this is something new for the spouse. They've never seen that account. They never knew about this, um, this, this expense. Or um, in some cases, they didn't even know that they had certain real estate property because they just let the spouse handle things. Right. So right. it's making sure that both are on the same page, which, you know, there, there's the, uh, uh, the psychology of financial planning too. There's you know, sometimes the marital counseling that comes into play with some of these conversations. No, I think I think for one hundred percent for for sure. So, and you you said something at the beginning that I think is so important. It's it's talking about you know talking about with with the end in mind. Start there and then work backwards. And the numbers are certainly extremely important. But unless we know what we want, you know, unless we want, unless we understand really what the big picture is supposed to look like, well, then the numbers aren't nearly as important. Right, and I can also see if you start pouring through spreadsheets with an engineer in the meeting that uh, you might get a little bit sidetracked and might go down some <laughs> rabbit holes. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> there does exist that possibility. So, well, Lena, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Sure, sure. So I had been thinking about this, um, and you know, so what comes to mind is that people spend more time planning a vacation that will last a week then they plan their retirement, which can last for over 20 years. So I would say take the time to map out your future. If it's the next five years, 20 years, whatever it would be, what has to happen financially to get you there? If you're looking at a bigger house, a new job, a family, downsizing, um, regardless of what it is, big or small, what, what needs to happen and write it down. If I use my vacation as an example and I was planning on taking the trip to Disney, you know, I'd research where I was staying, how I was getting there. I'd read reviews. I would ask my friends. Um, or I just might hire a travel agent and take care of it for me. We need to put the time and effort into planning our future. And if people don't start visualizing and dreaming about that now, it'll just creep up on them in no time. Well, I think that is great stuff. Definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. You got to do the work. You, 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 you got to do the thinking. You got to put pen to paper. So I think that's great. Lena, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yep. Again, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, they can find me uh, through our website at BFG Financial Advisors. That website is bfgfa.com. You can learn more about us, our team, and all of our social media links are right on that website, which is bfgfa.com. So thank you again, George. I really appreciate it. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Lena your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to bfgfa.com. Check out all the great resources they've got on the site. Find them on social media as well. Thanks again, Lena. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.